In um, our last Wednesday night that we taught on who and what the church is, we talked about what? It was impacting. <laughs> Everybody remembered it. We talked about harvest. And I told you that this year, we're going to talk a lot about harvesting, being in a position of harvest, positioning yourself to harvest the things that you've sown in your life. And um, we're going to talk about it again tonight. We're going to talk about it next Wednesday night. Uh, I don't know if we're going to do long series or just a couple here and there, but throughout the year, we're going to talk about harvest because it's important that we are in a position to harvest what we've sown in our lives. Because, because that's the way God sees you. He sees you as a harvester. Actually, He needs you to be a harvester. But you'll never harvest anything that you don't expect. You plant a garden, you do all the work, you plant the seed out there, and then you just leave it alone. Yeah, your harvest can sit there Eventually, it'll fall to the ground and rot and, and do nothing. And if you don't go out and harvest that and, and be there at the right time to bring in the fruit of the things that you planted, then you'll never receive a harvest. And I feel like that potentially in our, in our lives, we can miss harvesting what God wants us to harvest in our lives. And so we're going to just look through Scripture and look at a number of different passages and uh, talk about it a little bit more tonight. Um, in Galatians 6 and verse 6, it says, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. And I'll just be honest with you. That part of that passage of Scripture right there through the years has almost come off as a negative connotation. It's kind of like people are hearing it like this. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. But why does our focus have to be on sowing something bad and reaping something bad? No, let's sow good. Amen? Because I'm in the reaping good stuff. How about you? Amen? We don't have to look at it like it's a bad thing. I mean, he goes on to say, he who sows to the Spirit, he said, no, for he who sows to his flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Well, if I'm sowing to my flesh, I want to change that. How about you? And, he, and then he says this, let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I want to read that verse 9 right there in the, the Passion Translation. Watch this. I'm going to read it in the Passion and the New Living. So, verse 9 um, in the New King James says, Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. The Passion says it like this. And don't allow yourselves to be weary in planting good seeds. So you see there, he's talking about good seed. 
He is. He's talking and focusing on good seed being sown. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you planted is coming. Everybody say, my harvest is coming. Come on, say it again. Come on, say it again like you mean it. I mean, think about it. What do you have coming? What do you have coming? Our harvest is coming. In the New Living Translation, verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. Notice he said, the doing what is good, the passion says, don't allow yourselves to be weary in planting good seed. Then it says here, don't, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. At just the right time, I say, this is my time. How about you? Amen. But you have to believe that it's your time because you believe it's His will that it's your time. God, we should be in a perpetual harvest. We should be living perpetually in harvest. It's not something that's down the road or maybe it's now or maybe it's when. No, we should live in a place of harvest. But we have to believe that that's ours, that, that it's God's will. Well, the next verse <clears throat> that I want to read is, uh, is Genesis 8.22. <clears throat> While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, the time to sow seed and the time to harvest are together. Now just think about the other three things he talks about here other than seed time and harvest. He said, cold and heat are not going away. No matter what they say about global warming, cold is not going away. Heat is not going away because the Bible said it's not. Don't even try to pray cold away, heat away. In the summertime when it's 105 outside, don't, don't, don't spend a whole lot of time praying that away. Because the Bible says it's here. You know, you don't have to like it. Thank God for technology and the air conditioner we have. Get inside. You know, if you like it outside, you know, put the right stuff on and get out there and enjoy it. Right? I mean, I mean, you, you can enjoy both, both seasons, but it's going to be hot and it's going to be cold. The same way, there's going to be seed time and there's going to be harvest time. Long as the earth is here, that's the way it works. It doesn't work any other way. So if seed time produces harvest time, what do I need to be focusing on? Seed time with an expectation of harvesting. Then he said, um, then he said, winter and summer. It's not going to, uh, global warming is not going to take over all of the seasons and it's just going to be hot all the time. If you, if you think that, you don't believe this. It's a lie. It's a lie. As long as the earth remains, 
seed time and harvest, hot and cold, summer, winter, and what's the last one? Day and night will not cease. So all those things are set up because God created them and they're not going away. But our focus tonight and next week is on seed time and harvest. In um, 1 Peter 1, and verse 22, it says this, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed. So there's corruptible seed that will perish, and then there's seed that will never perish, right? So there's natural seed, and there's spiritual seed, correct? And that's what we have to understand. We have to understand both of those elements to be able to understand true harvest in the natural. If you don't understand spiritual seed and natural seed, you'll never understand why natural harvest at times can take a little while to manifest. Because there's things in the natural realm that it takes time to catch up with the Spirit. And that's it. That's the only, many times that's all that you're waiting on, but when you know it's yours, then you have it and it will manifest. God will move heaven and earth to make sure that what He says is so, is so. If He said it's seed time and harvest, then there's harvest. And it will harvest. And you will receive in this life. You will. He said, we're not born again, we we having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the Word of God, which lives and abides how, for how long? Forever. Because all flesh is as the grass. Remember he said, he that sows to the flesh will reap. He that sows to the Spirit will reap. There's spiritual seed and there's natural seed. And he said here, all flesh is as grass and the glory of man is the flower of grass. The grass withers and its flower falls away, <laughs> but not the spiritual seed. Right. Woo, doggies. Spiritual seed lasts forever. And that's what you and I, it's more important for you to understand spiritual seed. You know why? Because Jesus, the head of the church, said this. In Mark chapter 4 and in Matthew 13, he said the same thing. But he said, if you don't understand the parable of the sower, you'll not understand anything else. And what did he say? The sower sows the word first. You're not sowing the word, you're not understanding spiritual seed. So then, what happens a lot of times for a short season is people will try to throw natural seed at something to try to change circumstance. Well, if I give enough, if I give a ton, then, then God's going to do Not if you're not sowing spiritual seed. It's like Dave Martin said in his book, 
What's more important than the miracles of God, the creation of God, is the character of God. That's what He wants manifested in us. Where does that come from? From sowing spiritual seed. Remember, whoever sows will reap. If what? You don't quit. You don't grow weary. You, 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 know, you get tired of waiting. Mm-mm. And waiting isn't sitting around, you know, what's God doing? Waiting, in the waiting process, you continue to sow, you continue to water, and you continue to be in a place to reap. Because reaping from 2022 on becomes a perpetual thing if we believe the Word. Perpetually, continuously, over and over and over again, in every way, on every wave, in every direction. Is the way God wants us. <clears throat> so, I'm declaring today that I'm harvesting more in 2022 naturally and spiritually than ever before. Naturally and spiritually than ever before. This year and beyond. The only thing about a new year, like, you know, the 2022, like, you focus on that and we're talking about the wisdom of God revealed and, and, and things that, that God is saying right now. It's, it's, the, it's the season that He's saying something. But listen to me. It's never about a calendar year. It's about the wisdom of God revealed. It's about becoming harvest-minded and understanding how to harvest. It, 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 those, those words that God brings, they're for now and beyond. Not through the end of the year. It's for the rest of your life. That's why you have to embrace truths like this because it's, it's elevating you to another level of expectation to receive from God. Can you say amen? amen. So, I want to I just spend a little bit of time tonight in the, in the rest of the time we have. I, I got a few other, a couple other passages of Scripture to look at, but I want to I I look at this passage found in Luke chapter 5. And I want you to see something here. As I've been studying this and going through it, I've been seeing something in Luke 5 that is unique. It'd be really good for you to read even beyond verse uh, 11 and even go back and see what set this up. Go back to Luke 4 and kind of see how this, got, this was set up. But <clears throat> I want to start with verse 1 of Luke 5. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. Now this, is the, this is right here is... This is the account of where Jesus and Peter met. This first time Peter, Peter had heard about him, but this first time they met. So he comes up. They've been fishing all night, and we'll read about that they've been fishing all night. They're washing their nets, you know, and Jesus is going to teach. Well, I've never seen a passage in here where Jesus was teaching that... Um, that he had a countdown clock. 
I think he taught for a long time. So possibly they pulled in about 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. Man, they're tired. They've been fishing all night. They didn't get jack. And they're tired. And Jesus asked him to move his boat out, you know. I mean, we all know Peter and his personality. And thank God for the chosen. They've given us even a greater insight into Peter's life. And to know how impatient and aggravated and aggressive and that kind of bully spirit that was on him, right? And um, so... It didn't say this, but I kind of think here, it's like, what the crowd? I'm tired, man. I got to go home. Wife's got breakfast, and I'm going to bed. You know, something like that. I mean, it, can you see that here? But he wants him to move his boat out so that the masses of people don't crowd him, and he can talk from the boat. When we go to Israel, you'll be able to see. They know exactly where that was. We stood right there, and I, I walked out a little bit into the Sea of Galilee and preached a little message that I put on social media a long time ago. Anyway, um, so he pulls the boat back, um, which was Simon's, and he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, so what? Maybe 10 o'clock, 10.30, 11. And these guys, they only fish at night. There's no reason to fish in the day because you don't catch anything in the day. You go at nighttime. That's why they fished all night long. Usually, from what I've heard, what they told us when we were in Israel, they said that fishermen go out about 6.30, 7 o'clock in the evening, and they stay out all night, and then about sunup is when they head back to shore. So they've been fishing all night. And um, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. You can just hear him. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. See, that's his first response. We've toiled all night. We know how this works. You know, I've heard you're a carpenter. You don't know jack about fishing, right? Who do you you think you are telling me? He didn't say this, but he's, he's, I mean... In so many words, he's trying to be kind. Hey, we've done this all night and we got nothing. And what did he say? Nevertheless, at your word, I will let the net down. What is the letting the net down in the water an example of? Faith? Huh? An action of sowing a seed of what? Obedience. To what? The Word. Isn't that what he said? Man, we've toiled all night long. 
we've done this thing in the flesh, but you know what? I mean, and to that point, you know, and, and, and the chosen's help us without also that he had had reports from different people because and, and the Bible didn't tell you everything, but I, I believe he did. He heard reports. His brother had heard things. You know, different people, James and John had heard things and even seen things. You ought to see this guy. And then all of a sudden he shows up and they meet. And he tells him, after, after Jesus says, go out into the deep. Now, I mean, to get to the deep part of the Sea of Galilee, it's a haul, right? And, and this isn't like a cruise boat, a motorboat, out to the deep. Now, this is a, and these aren't ships. One translation calls them ships. They're not ships. I mean, they're, they're like a big canoe. But at your word, I'm going to go against what my natural mind's telling me, what the natural says, and I'm going to do what you say. I'm going to let that net down. Perfect picture of what we have to see, the difference in natural seed and spiritual seed. So or so is the word first. He heard Jesus teach, I would say, no less than two hours. And he was tired. And he sat there and listened to him teach. And now, you know what? I believe what Jesus said made an impact on his life. Because the word makes an impact. It brings the word and the seed of the word does something. So that it, which happens is you find yourself not sowing to the flesh and the natural. What, what if Peter would have said? In, in the chosen, they're talking about how they owed taxes, how all of them owed taxes. I'm sure they did, but how they all owed taxes, and he was out, Peter's out trying to manipulate some things to try to make things happen so that he can pay taxes and help his brother pay taxes also, you know, and so, so they're manipulating the game and trying to make things happen, and, he's, and all of a sudden, he hears Jesus teach, the seed of the word gets planted in him, in him, and he does something with that. Even though his first words are negative words against what he, what he wanted to do, but he, went, uh, he, he overrode his natural mind and chose to obey the things of the Spirit. That's why we have to be in a constant place and rotation of the seed going in us, the seed coming out of us, amen, seed going in our ears and changing the way we think and operate so that we can see things like this. Now, this is a harvest. And I want to show you there's only one thing that limited this harvest. I want to show you this and, 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 and to the rest of the next few minutes tonight and, and next week, we're going to talk about what limits our harvest? There's only one thing here that limited the amount of harvest. Only one thing. So watch this as I finish these next few verses. Um, so, Master, we toiled all night. Nevertheless, at your word, <clears throat> I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. And a great number doesn't even come close to it. They caught a boat sinking load of fish. And their net was breaking, so they signaled to their, 
partners, I think James and John were there, they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. So James and John brought their two boats. Peter has his boat. Probably Andrew was there with his boat. But the fish stopped when there weren't any more boats. Hmm? The pots that were brought to fill the wine when Jesus' mother said, told the servants, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. They brought the pots, and the wine continued to fill until the pots were full. What if they had brought double or triple or quadruple the pots, continue to fill? What if Peter took him serious, and he had been listening to the Word and meditating, man, he said, do this, we're doing it. Call about, a, about 50 boats, get all of our friends, everybody. That could have been a 50-boat full load of fish, when what we see is probably four boats. But the harvest manifested, listen, the harvest came to those who were ready and to the extent that they were ready to receive or that they were in a position to receive. So it was four sinking boats full of fish. And it could have been a hundred sinking boats full of fish. So that means we play a part in positioning ourselves to harvest. And where does that come from? From spiritual seed that has taken root, that's created a belief system that I believe God has prepared me to do this, so then actions begin to follow before you necessarily see all the manifestations. You start doing the things that God's telling you to do to prepare you to receive that abundance. I mean, that quick. One act of obedience. One act of obedience. He sowed obedience into a head full of negativity, doubt, and unbelief. He sowed obedience, and he reaped a harvest. When? Right then. He reaped a harvest right then. That's what God is bringing you and I to that place. You say, well, you know, Peter didn't really understand all that stuff. Why haven't I reaped a harvest in things that... Um, you know, that, uh, that I understand or I know or whatever I th or you think you know, because there's times when something happens like that, but there are a lot of things that didn't happen like that for Peter. God was getting his attention and the people around him, yeah. and God will use things like that to do that, but at the end of the day, what's going to cause you to reap is because of the spiritual seed that's been sown in your life, right. and you doing something with the seed that's been sown there. That's what matters. Can you say amen to that? For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish which they had taken. And so also was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And he said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all, and they followed him. There are life-changing, life-altering experiences that happen that will cause you to never doubt again 
That's why, that's why we stay steady sowing natural seed, sowing spiritual seed, reaping the benefits of those, because we don't know what's going to produce and when it's going to produce. You're not the one that's bringing the manifestation. One plants, one waters, God brings the harvest and the increase. The harvest comes from Him that's a result of your and my action to set ourselves up to receive that. Can you say amen? So, I just, I just mentioned this to you, but I want to read the little story in these few verses. And it's John chapter 2, because it literally all comes down to this in positioning ourselves to receive. It all comes down to what Mary told the servants at the wedding feast. On the third day, John 2, 1, on the third day there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does, your, uh, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he tells you to do, do. And they did, and it happened. Just like Peter did, and it happened. And I don't know about you, God, I find in Scripture, God's no respecter of person. And when I do, it happens for me too. I am a harvester. Peter harvested fish, right? The servants, and actually the, those who, who were putting the, the wedding feast on, they reaped the benefits of those servants doing exactly what he said because that's what, what his mother said. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. They did it, and it produced the harvest. You and I are harvesters when we position ourselves to receive the word sown, to declare the word and sowing it in that way, receiving it and allowing ourselves to be believers that believe that everything his word says will happen, will happen. These are just two stories of things that happen for other people, but if it happened for them, he's no respecter of person. It'll happen for me if I do what he says the same way. Whatever he tells you to do, do it, and you'll position yourself to harvest. Whatever he tells you to do. Now, I want to end tonight Actually, I'm going to read this verse and then end with what I want to. I want to read this passage. Found in Ecclesiastes 4. <clears throat> I kind of alluded to this a minute ago, but I want, to, I want to read the passage. Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 4. He who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not reap. He who observes the wind will not sow. He who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know what is the way of the wind or how the bones grow in the womb of her who is with child, so you do not know the works of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, in the evening do not withhold your hand. In other words, sow your seed, then do what you need to do. 
For you do not know which will prosper, either this or that, or whether both alike will be good. So in essence, in other words, stay busy with your sowing, with your hearing, and your doing. And I want to say this. Where you learn to hear God to know what to do is by understanding spiritual seed being sown in you, coming out of you, becoming a part of you, you meditating that, you doing that, and then doing everything that He tells you to do. It's in the seed itself that is the ability, it's in that seed is all the ability to accomplish everything that you need to accomplish in life, but it comes from hearing Him. It's breaking that seed down to where you can actually hear Him tell you exactly what to do. And so, I just want to end tonight with just thinking of several things that position us to receive. I want you to think about several of these examples that I'm going to give you. I just, you know, God's always doing something new. Everybody say new. So if it's new, then it's never been done before, right? Not exactly the same way. There's things that God does, that they're, they're similar to what we've done in the past, but He's always doing something new. So, I feel like God's showing us new ways to do, new ways to hear, um, new understanding about what seed time is and what harvest time is and what it looks like. I feel like God's giving us things continuously, and and it's a new year and a new time and a new season to embrace what He's trying to get over to us. So be sensitive, be aware, be open, be listening, paying, paying attention to God, amen? Not just trying to live your life and work it all out yourself. Listen to Him so He empowers you to work your life the way it needs to be worked. Can you say amen? So, Think about sowing and reaping in these several statements I'm going to make to you. So you sow kindness. Remember, everything produces, the Bible says everything produces after its own kind. So what you sow is what you reap. That's what that passage of Scripture in Galatians mean, that that what you sow... You sow anger, and that's where the focus tries to be. You sow anger, like I said in the beginning, then you're going to reap the results of anger. But we don't need to focus on that. If you got an anger issue, God said you overcome anger by what? By being kind. By doing good. You overcome evil with good. Right? And that's, that is the sowing process that we have to see that is going on every day of our lives. Now watch this. You sow kindness in an unkind unkind situation, you reap the effects of not being unkind. If you sow kindness in an unkind situation, you reap the effects of not being unkind. So you sow unkindness, 
You reap the effects of unkindness. But if you have an unkind situation where that should be your response, and you sow the opposite of that, then the opposite is what you're going to get. You're going to get what kindness produces. So, if you see that, then you see that sowing has to do with, like in our world, practicing. (laughs) We have to practice that. You have to be willing to make the choice to do something that's hard, something that's difficult, because your flesh just wants to slap, be ugly, do whatever, say whatever, you know, that's what your flesh wants to do. But what is God saying in that, in the, in that, in that moment? What He's wanting you to do, He's wanting you to reap the benefits of being kind. That's what He wants. So you sow money, let's say, in an unusual time. Maybe things are tight in your life. Things aren't happening right. And God shows you, I want you to sow a seed. And when you do that, like Peter did, what, what you begin to understand is God's telling you to sow that seed not to make the natural worse for you, He's getting you to sow the seed to get you an unusual manifestation. And the more you do that, then the more you expect. Because I want, I want my life expecting it. He, God wants your harvesting to be a perpetual thing. It's a continuous thing. So when he tells you to sow something and and to do something in a certain way, he's showing you to sow kindness. He's showing you to sow money into something. Yeah, but God, you know, that's all I have. Well, that's all I wanted you to sow. Right? You ever been there? I've been there. Yeah, God, but that's all I have. Yeah, that's all I needed. I want you to sow that and watch what it produces for you. Because, see, sowing reaps. <laughs> see, we're not, we're not, people say, well, you know, yeah, that, that's sowing to get something. I mean, what farmer doesn't sow to get a harvest, yeah. right? But, but, it, but it's not, it's not, so, so often the sowing and reaping thing has been kind of publicized as greedy and selfish. <laughs> that's not my God. He wants me to understand this process so that I can be a blessing. He wants you to understand this process so that you can be blessed to be a blessing because giving, sowing that harvests, what does a good farmer do? He sows again. And harvests and sows again, able to give into every good work able to do all the things that God put you on this planet to accomplish. Because have you noticed not having enough finances can shut you down? You know what the Bible says? He who has the gold rules. Most people don't know that's even in the Bible. It's in the Bible word for word. He who has the gold rules. From now on, you can just call me Ruling Pastor Bert. 
We should be people with gold and silver and whatever else. Can you say amen? That's, what we should, that's, that's who we are. That's what God created us to be. That's what we see in these passages of Scripture. Let's say that you sow your time when it would be easier not to. You sow your time. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I want to help that person, but you know, and I got all these things to do and this and that and the other, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of the Lord says, I need your time. You know God needs you. Do you know that? You know He needs us to accomplish things on the earth? Oh, God doesn't need anything. He, he said He needed us. He called us joint heirs with Him. He's done His part, and it's, our, it's perfect. It's done. Now, our part is embracing what he did and learning to walk that out. He needs us. Yeah, but God, what, you know, I mean, have you ever argued with God like that? I don't know about you, but I've done it many times. Yeah, but, you know, I don't want to do that. I want to go take care of myself. I want my own stuff. I don't want to be nice to that person. You know? I want them to know I'm kind of aggravated with them. I need you to straighten it up. I need you to sow the right thing. I need you to have the right attitude. I need you to give me your time in this situation right here and watch the unusual way that time will come to you to where you labor less. You'll have time to accomplish things in the natural because you sowed time where you didn't want to sow. All these things have to do with, you know, I mean, what does it profit a man if you sow into, you know, you, you find somebody that's got, Dale's got millions of dollars and Dale want to sow that $100 to you, you know? Because I want Dale to think, you know, I didn't know Dale had millions of dollars and I just gave him $100 because I wanted him to think I, that I thought he was real special. I mean, okay, that's all right. Give him something. If God told you to do that, number one. But not sowing something, doing something that just looks good. Right? Where we want the cameras to be there so people can see what I actually did. That's not good enough. We have to be people that are learning to sow and watch the miraculous come to pass in our lives. Can you say amen to that? Let's say... That you sow unforgiveness. I'm so unforgiving. You sow forgiveness when you wouldn't we you would rather not. And when you sow forgiveness when you have unforgiveness, it deals with the unforgiveness and it and it overrides it. But we have to realize I, that this is why we have to become harvest-minded. This is why. Yes. There's nothing wrong or illegal or ungodly about wanting a harvest for things that we do. There's nothing wrong with that. Because, because he said, as long as the earth remains, it's seed time and harvest. They go together. You can't separate them. So when we're sowing seed grudgingly and, not, and the fact that we didn't want to, when we're sowing a seed of forgiveness and we don't really want to, it really doesn't produce. You, you, your emotions maybe didn't want to do it, but when you choose to step over that line and do it, it creates something in you that you would never have before. That's why you have to practice these things. You have to continually 
so and so and so and so, like the Ecclesiastes said. You don't know what's going to produce. But you regard the wind or the circumstances or the stuff going on around you, you won't sow. Right? That's what it said there. And you won't reap when you're thinking of things, you know, in how you're going to accomplish something in the natural. You're not going to reap in the natural trying to make it happen. You ever notice that? Oh, man, I sowed some seed, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Isabel's going to give me something or do something. No. No, it, it never, do you ever notice? It never comes that way. Right. Things never happen to you that way. If Peter would have tried to figure it out for himself, no, sir, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I can't do that, and I'm not going to go put my nets out. It's a waste of time. Man, we've already cleaned our nets. We're tired. We've got to go eat. We've got to take care of the family. We've got to do all the things we need to do. I can't do, those, I, I can't do that now. Uh, we'll go and we'll fish again uh, in, uh, tonight. Uh, you know, we'll go out about 7 and we'll get some fish when we're out there, but we're not putting our nets out now. Why? Because he thinks he knows better. And I promise you, God always knows better. And God will always tell you to do things and sow things in certain situations from every example that I'm giving you right now and a bunch more I'll give you next week. He, he always is showing us things and ways to accomplish and see our harvest come to us if we'll just obey him and not talk ourselves out of it. Can you say amen to that? I want to end with this passage. And this is in the Passion Translation. <clears throat> there are six evils God truly hates, and a seventh is an abomination to Him. Putting others down while considering yourself superior. Only way to get rid of that is to sow seed. <laughs> you got to sow seed of, you know, not thinking so highly of yourself than, uh, than, than you should think. Second thing is spreading lies and rumors. How do you quit lying? Put yourself under the seed of the word. Start confessing the word and declaring that lying has no place in me. I tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Start speaking things like that over your life. You get the spiritual seed in your life and those things change. Spilling the blood of the innocent. Plotting evil in your heart toward another. How do you get rid of those kind of things? By the seed of the word. It produces a harvest of being delivered and set free of that. Gloating over doing what's painfully wrong. <laughs> Spouting lies in false testimony and stirring up strife between friends. These are entirely despicable to God. Well, but if you learn the benefit in the verse, first passage that we read, he that sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap deliverance in those things because all those things operate in people's lives all over the place. You see it everywhere today. How do you get delivered of that? By sowing spiritual seed, by being in a position of allowing spiritual seed to be sown in you and you making a difference with that. That's the way it works. You know, I'm saying to you today, and I'll just speak for myself and my wife. We are harvesting in our lives like we never have before. But 
because of the levels of areas that we've worked on in our own personal lives continuously, we're in a position to receive because we wouldn't stay the same. We wouldn't keep the same attitudes. We wouldn't stay the same in our financial giving. We wouldn't stay the same in, in, in our attitudes toward people and different types of relationships. We wouldn't stay the same. And because we didn't, we're in a place of harvesting all that God has for us. Amen? And I believe that for you today. How many can say today that you believe that this year is a year of harvest for you in a supernatural way? Yes. If you believe that, just stand to your feet right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Just lift your hands to God now and begin to thank Him. Father, we thank You today. Thank You, Father. Thank You. Thank you, Father, for seed time and harvest. Each of these people here, I'm believing are in a place to harvest spiritually, mentally, physically, financially, socially, in every area, in every way in their life, positioning themselves every day to continue to be sowers and to continue to be reapers. Perpetual reaping coming in their life like never before. I thank you, Father, today in the financial world and realm that as your people understand the sowing and the reaping, the seed sowing, the seed time, and the reaping, the days of reaping are coming in their lives like they've never seen before. Just thank Him for it right now. Thank you, Father, for your harvest. Thank you. Now, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, for harvest. Thank you for harvest in the people here at Gates of the City. Thank you for this church harvesting in a supernatural way like never before. Ideas and and things that you brought to people. Lord, areas of obedience, of walking and doing what you're telling them to do to prosper and to advance like never before. I believe that for each and every person here tonight and all those who attach to gates of the city. It's our year of harvest. Our year of harvesting seed that's been sown, attitudes that have been changed, hearts, desires, Lord God, that you've put out there and shown us, that you've given to us, all of them coming to pass. In a supernatural way, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. We are harvesters today. Amen? In Jesus' name.